Hello, welcome to Dear Me. I am Brian. I'm Tammy. What's up, guys? We're back. We are doing it. Yes, very <laughs> exciting. I'm I'm glad that we're like getting back to a routine. You know, yeah. we've been kind of off for a little bit. I mean, I hello, mean, the world. Just a couple of weeks turned into I mean, months. Months. It's almost <laughs> a year. Almost. Like I mean, you know. <laughs> But I mean, can you blame us? Look at the world. Hello. Look at the world. Okay, look, I needed a break from you people. Obviously, <laughs> you're all just breathing down my neck. <laughs> but we are happy to be back. And this time we have a pretty fun episode, as I'm sure you can see from the title already. But before we get into that exciting news, Brian, what's been going on since? Well, really, what did we, we recorded like, what, a week ago? Yeah, so, but I the mean, people not... don't need to know that. That's that's movie <laughs> magic. To them, we recorded two weeks ago, okay? Right. And I immediately released it with no edits and nothing happened that needed to be cut out. Right. There's no blooper reel that you know of. Of course. <laughs> um, but since then, nothing's really happened. I've just been working. Yeah, that's My fun kids stuff. went to a pool party today and that was so fun. Oh, I saw those pictures you posted. Soccer season is over. Oh, yeah. For the oh, kiddos. Yeah. A while ago. Yeah. So I've been on this. Uh, we talked about this last time on this no social media kick. So I've been yeah. hoarding pictures basically for like <laughs> the past few months, just taking pictures of everything, but not doing anything with them because I'm like, oh, but if I post them on social media, people will talk to me. Uh, <laughs> So I'm just <laughs> doling them out piece by piece. I still haven't even released my vacation video, uh, my vacation photos from March. Like, <gasps> yes, I never saw those. I'm no. supposed to be living vicariously through you. What are you doing? My bad. <laughs> it was pretty. I promise you'll see it in like next March. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we really oh, haven't man. been doing anything really. I mean, cooking. My husband's been cooking all week. Oh my god, he just cooks and baking. You too. It looks like no, you've been having I had anything no? to do this week, which has been beautiful. But next but you week do the have fire a... starts because yes, I was going to say starting with your birthday. I Thank you. I was waiting for you to mention it. A series <laughs> of birthday and celebration ordeals. Yes, um, you are busy. So busy, dude. Oh my goodness. But you know, it's all for the love of money and capitalism. And that's what this <laughs> show is about, people. Welcome to Capitalism Hour. <laughs> I love our sarcasm here. This is yeah, just so right. fun. Anyway, Such a fun Tammy, thing. what have you been doing? Oh, we went out. That was the most exciting thing that happened in my week. Like, we. Yeah. Like, up that was that was fine yes that was probably the highlight of my week we yeah. went out to eat at one of my new favorite restaurants called yard house here in houston yes. and um drinks great food great appetizers great um it was a great time check 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 that's great. all we need and that kind of turned into like a last minute double date thing, yeah, which just our, made it more fun. Were like, oh, you're gonna leave me? Oh, I, I know. My, fi- <laughs> my fiance was like, "Oh, Taylor's going? Okay, we in this thing." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, 
this was supposed to be a girl's thing Fine. but okay i guess you can come <laughs> yeah so had drag the kids along and hop in. <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice i have a nice yeah. night without my actual kids just my grown-up husband one yeah your grown-up kid yeah that one <laughs> No, that was that was definitely a good time. And I think definitely a great prelude to this upcoming week. So as you guys heard, my birthday is coming up. (laughs) Your girl will be turning 28 years old. Um, And on top of that, my birthday is on Juneteenth. So everyone's been asking me if I'm going to do like a double celebration thing. Probably not. But, you know, I mean. I'm here Sorry, another yeah. year. Sorry, know? slaves in Galveston. This is my day. <laughs> when you put it like that. Gosh, Tammy. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I am excited, though. I mean, you know, it's another year. And of course, with everything that's gone on, not everyone made it this year. So I'm yeah. definitely very thankful to be here. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's just going to be a nice dinner and just a quiet time at home that's all i really just want right now yeah Yeah. that's gonna be hectic yeah (laughs) so yeah other than that work is good i've officially caught up on a lot of things which hi if my boss is hearing i've caught up (laughs) on everything okay she did her work okay get off her back (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i'm i'm doing great there side business is doing pretty good too so i mean yeah yeah, your girl's flourishing here flourishing you love to see it i do i do it's a great time it's a great time so okay (laughs) well okay we kind of caught up for the last week even though we want them to believe it's two weeks i mean it's been exactly well you know what let me not put any pressure on myself because who knows when i'm gonna release this no i'm just kidding it'll (laughs) be on time guys i promise appreciate all the hard work you put into editing these guys just know like brian she's running two businesses okay she's got kids she's got a grown kid and then she's doing this whole podcast thing which i don't know yeah. how you know this is my fun time this this extra work this is fun for me oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> you are amazing oh my gosh well, definitely appreciate what you do. I appreciate and... you too. Tammy, you should see the outline that Tammy put together. It's so <sighs> nice. And Tammy does all the talking because she knows that I don't do that part. She's so I mean... good at talking to people. And when you meet the person that we talked to today, you'll be darn glad that she knows how to talk to people because we booked this girl. Okay. You're going to be happy. Trust me. <laughs> yes. Well, we're, we're a team. This is how we work, you know? Yeah. We're, we're dynamic duo. Yeah. So. She's the forward facing prince personality. I'm the the troll that sits in the back and <laughs> <laughs> just keeps this thing moving. That's all. <laughs> what would I do without you, right? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, on that note, mm-hmm. I'm very, very excited for today's episode. Yeah. Um, let me just start by saying. We are so glad that we met this person and we are so glad to have her on this episode because it's about to get real, y'all. Yeah. I mean, literally, I don't think we could have made 
any more of a perfect match. No, <laughs> no, no way. Like literally. So very excited to introduce Natasha Sattler, who is now an author of a recently published book called Shit Adults Never Taught Us, which I mean, hello, that's like hello. the anthem of this podcast. Well, come on. This is like, couldn't be more perfect. This is literally dear me for sure. Um, And I just want to read a line from one of her descriptions because I just felt like this just summarized it so well. She said, wouldn't it be awesome if life had a manual, not for your daily how-tos like cooking and ironing, but for when the real shit pops up. So we're talking about money shit, car shit, house shit, relationship shit. We're going to be using shit a lot. So just get ready. Yeah. Okay, this is this is the the word of the day. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but like I, in a good way, but like good shit. Yeah, good <laughs> shit for sure. Um and I yes, basically shit adults never taught us is exactly that. It's yeah. almost like a manual of all the things that we were supposed to learn. I mean, I feel when we were like younger, somebody should have taught us along the way. Somebody but, you know. should have taught us, but uh, meanwhile, they didn't. So now we're here, <laughs> and now we're talking to wonderful Natasha about all of these things that is in her book. And I think another part that I love about this is that it is kind of a you know self help, personal development kind of book, but at the same time, it also has that memoir feel where she really talks about her own personal experiences and like yeah. kind of makes you feel like you're not makes alone. It so relatable. I know. Love it so much. So if there's anything that I hate, it's a self-help book that just tells me that I'm doing my whole life wrong and that they're doing right. their, whole le- their whole life right. And that I need to listen to them and follow them on Instagram because if I don't, my life's going to fall in the toilet. Okay. Right. <laughs> that preachy stuff. I yeah. mm, No, hate that's it. Not, not here for it. Yeah. I want to know how you it. ruined your life the same way that <laughs> I ruined my life. Okay. I want to know those eats. <laughs> On that note, we are going to go ahead and say hi to Natasha Sattler. Welcome, Natasha. Hi, guys. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Welcome. Good. How are you? I'm good. Man, that was quite the intro. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself, though. Yeah. No, we are extremely happy to have you on this episode. And yeah. I think we're going to have a pretty good and profound conversation today. Um, a lot of things we're going to cover, we're obviously going to talk about her book and, you know, how she got started. But I think the discussion that's going to stem from that is really going to be enlightening to you guys. So get ready. Hold on to your hat. Let's talk about all the shit, you guys. The shit. <laughs> the, sh- the shit of it all. You know, we got to talk about that. I'm all about shit talking these days. <laughs> right? Shoot. Sign me up. <laughs> right? So we can go ahead and get started Let's get into it. All right. So let me ask you, first of all, just tell us about yourself. Like, who are you? <laughs> Where yeah, are you right? What do you do? Who's this like lady that? that's just on this podcast? <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm Natasha. I'm 31 years old. I grew up in Maryland outside Washington, D.C. I went to college in Florida, blah, 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 like lived a life. And now I live in Los Angeles. <laughs> As you know, apparently everybody on Instagram does. And, right. <laughs> right. And I make broadcast commercials, and then quarantine happened, and I stopped making broadcast commercials because mm-hmm. 
you know, the world decided to. So I started writing a book and I wrote a book in about six weeks and published it in about six months. And now it's in your hands and you have it. And really what it came to be was it was a culmination of conversations. I had Mm -hmm. a lot of conversations with friends on those endless Zoom happy hours that were like, oh, shit, we don't know a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like we should know it. (laughs) Right. But after... A couple of Zoom happy hours where everybody's like, how are you? How are you? Good, good. What's going on? Oh, nothing. Oh, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> literally everyone's life has halted to a stop. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I had to figure out all of this shit by myself. And yeah. and I wasn't alone. A lot of people had to figure out some stuff on their own. So, like, how do you do your taxes when you can't go to a tax place? How do you do a 401k? Mm. Your savings accounts when you've been furloughed, like, you should have had savings and you didn't. How do you make a savings account when you make no money? Right. How do you negotiate a salary or a raise or a side hustle or all of the stuff that, like, we were confronted with? But beyond financial career stuff, like, that's the boring stuff. It got into relationships which we were all thrust into in a weird way of having the courage to fall in love, surviving a breakup when you can't go to a bar and drink with your girls. Like there's so much stuff in there, but then also the mind stuff of anxiety, depression, catastrophic thinking, overthinking, all of the things that encompass 2020 in a mental health capacity. And then beyond that is the life section and the life section just encompasses so many things that like just come up in life and nobody prepared us for. Right. Oh so my I wrote goodness. a book about it. <laughs> and it, it almost kind of sounds like it was like a passion project for you. Would you say? A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Because that's just interesting how you kind of stopped making commercials and then you were just like, well, I'm going to write a book. I yeah, just love right? that so right? much. Like I have this energy where I'm like, oh, I'm not working. Well, I just can't sit around and watch and, TV all day. Like, right. Yeah. Like I was, I would love to be able to, but my brain won't yeah. let me. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to be the person that just sits around and watches TV. That would be glorious. But like my brain is sitting in the back being like, you have dishes in the sink. You have laundry in the washer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Go do some shit. And so I just, I had to, I had so much energy stirring inside of me and I couldn't just sit. I am, I get my anxiety displays in that way where I can't just mm. sit and relax. It won't let me. My body yeah, won't let me. I and the only way that. I could really get it out and, and relax and be with myself is to just write. And that yeah. was a, that was an easy way to get it out. Yeah. Completely relate to that. All totally. three of us share that trait. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think so. I think that's how this podcast started. <laughs> yeah. We were bored with our busy schedules. <laughs> Right? Isn't that ironic? Like yeah. you're so busy and you're like, I don't have time to go to the grocery store, but I have time to write a book. Right. right. <laughs> so on that same note, Natasha, what's kind of the biggest thing that you want people to take away from this book? Oh, there's so many things. The things that I want people to take away in general are you're not alone. The mm-hmm. thing I realized the most while I was writing this book and going through this experience is that I'm not special. There's nothing about my life, my experiences, the things I've gone through that are special. Every experience and every troublesome time that I've gone through, every rough patch is relatable. Mm-hmm. Right. There's nothing in my life that I've gone through that's unique to me. Everybody has experienced those things. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter your upbringing. It doesn't matter the situation that you're in right now, the economic or the socio standpoint that you're in. Everybody has shitty times. 
And the easiest way to get through that is with other people. Yep. We're not meant to go through it alone. There's nothing Mm -hmm. about our lives that says you have to figure your own shit out and nobody can help you. And Mm -hmm. that's not okay if that's the way that you've been brought up. There is a communal aspect to humanity that is saying we should be going through life together. There's nothing that says you have to go through it alone. Keep finding your people, keep finding your support, your community, and ask questions. Mm-hmm. Theory can't tell you what <laughs> depression and anxiety feels like, but your friends might be able to. Yep. Theory can't tell you how you should be handling your finances, but your friends might. Yeah. Like there are questions you can be asking outside of the internet, but at some point in high school or middle school or elementary school, we asked a question. And some kid laughed at us and was like, oh, that's a stupid question. <laughs> and so we stopped asking right. questions. Yep. And we started asking Google instead because that's the generation that we are. Mm-hmm. And we introverted. We became yeah. internal. And when you ask all the questions to yourself in the internet, you lose a part of humanity. You lose mm-hmm. the connection with others. And because of that, your support system falls away. I agree with that so much. I mean, I think that especially in the black community, that independent that that you have to do everything by yourself or you can't break out of you can't do anything like that's so pervasive. That's so like, there's a weakness to it, right? Yeah. Like, yes. If you ask a question or you say, yeah. I can't do this alone, mm-hmm. there's an inherent weakness to it, yes. which is wrong. And I just want to say that out, out loud right now. There is no shame or no compromising of strength in asking for help. Yes. Because it shows back strength. Day, yeah. Back before, you know, the internet, a community helped you. There was a mm-hmm. community that helped mm-hmm. you raise kids and stand Mm -hmm. behind people and you didn't do stuff alone and then the internet came along and you're like well just go google it yeah right it'll be fine if you just google it or like why are you asking that you've got this you're strong you can handle it for yourself and yes and that's true in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. but if you're scared if you can't quite figure out a component of your life Mm -hmm. there is no shame in asking for help and if you're a little bit scared on where to start, that's why I wrote a book. Yeah. It's not a book of I have all the answers. I don't. I don't have the manual on how to live your life. I have the jumping off points. Mm-hmm. I have the points that get you a little bit farther along. It's personal growth. It's how to propel you a little further in life. But I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'm not the person that should be telling you how to live your life. I have no pedestal to stand on. (laughs) There's nothing about me that makes me special enough to preach to somebody and be like, this is how you should be doing your life. I'm not that person. (laughs) Nobody should be. There's not a government official, a pastor at your church. There's not a single person who should be telling you how to live your life. Mm -hmm. You are Mm -hmm. your own person. All I can give you are the I can give you the tools. I can give you the manual and then you got to take it from there. Mm -hmm. But if part of it gets a little crunchy for you, ask questions to smooth it out. Love that. Yeah. Wow. I don't think I could have worded that any better. I mean, perfect. That was perfect. That was perfectly worded. I disagree 100%. That is so true. And I think that that. um, on that same note, we were talking about, you know, we lost that sense of community with the internet. We tried, you know, to get it back in certain ways on the internet instagram (laughs) it's not working on the internet right because we tried to get it back but then everybody was like look at how amazing i am look at how great my 
life is. Yeah. And then you start comparing your worst day to their yeah. best day. Yep. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Mind fuck that is, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's it no really way is. to go through life like that. Like I'm looking at somebody's perfectly curated Instagram with their amazing outfits mm. and their filters. And I'm sitting on the couch eating pasta thinking about how horrible my day was. And I'm like, I'm doing life wrong. Yeah. I'm doing life <laughs> yes. wrong. I'm just doing it different. Yep. I'm just doing it a little different way. And yeah. that is not their worst day. Sure that. No. That's their best day. That's not I'm even comparing a my day. right. I'm comparing my regular Tuesday to yeah. their best day. Yeah. Since we do have that kind of sense of community on the internet, what made you want to write it in an actual book? Like write all this stuff down as opposed to like just putting it on the internet, like on a YouTube or a blog or something like I that. I thought like, about that you... actually. Yeah. Um I was overwhelmed by the internet. I was Ooh. overwhelmed mm-hmm. by I would look up a uh, so this book is divided into 98 chapters, which mm-hmm. sounds so intimidating when you say that out loud. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I, it's not intimidating, yeah. guys, guys. They're like two pages each. Every yes. chapter is two pages, yes. and I guarantee you won't need all of them. It's not a novel. Yeah. I did not write a book that you're supposed to read cover to cover. You're supposed <laughs> to read the chapters that pertain to you right now, and that's it. Like It's actually more of like a reference guide. Yeah. In my yeah. 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 It's yeah. meant to sort of guide you through life. It is sort of that jumping <clears throat> off manual, but I was overwhelmed by the internet. You look up, you ask Google a question, you look up a topic, and you're presented with one, two, three, eight, twenty pages mm-hmm. of results. Every link that you click, the scroll bar gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller <laughs> as it loads, and it's just paragraphs of information, and every single link has something wildly different to say ah that is so true love that (laughs) and it felt like a recipe right like you look up a recipe for something so simple like i looked up a recipe for carbonara the other night every single recipe has a different amount of eggs parmesan (laughs) and if that's the truth for a recipe what the hell are they telling me about negotiating my salary yeah that's a good way of looking at it anxiety like Mm -hmm. if all of those things they're so much bigger than a carbonara recipe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so much more important to me. So if I figured the internet was overwhelming, I looked outside the internet and I found everything is underwhelming. Every <laughs> book in the world is one topic. And if you're asking a millennial to go buy a book on every topic that they need, they don't have that kind of money. Right. Are you kidding? Mm-mm. We're broke. Okay. Are you thinking? Thank you. Go spend $100. Or three hundred dollars or four hundred dollars right. on self help books? Oh, library? You kidding me? No, nope. no, no. I wanted one book that just had it all. Yeah. It just had everything you needed in a quick way. And if a topic pertains <clears throat> to a certain aspect of your life right now that you need more help yeah. on, this is your baseline, and then you can go explore it more. But at least you get the base. You don't have to buy a book that just tells you the basics because mm-hmm. that's bullshit. Yeah. So let's just. Get the basics out of the way. And then if something you need a little extra help on, then go to the internet, the other books, whatever you need. This is just supposed to be, I need a little help getting my life together, like getting my shit together. Right. Here's how to get your shit together. Right. And you mentioned that you wrote this book in six weeks, right? I did. I had a lot of free time, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean... Writing it in six weeks, that's more or less pretty quick, which tells me that you've been 
thinking about this for a long time. Mm-hmm. You'd think that, wouldn't you? But no. Really? <laughs> I didn't. I it didn't. came to you. Uh, yeah. At the time I was going through a breakup and I was in a mental health state that felt very compromised and because mm-hmm. of the relationship and all that stuff. And then the career and money sections came to me as friends questions came to me. I've always been that person in my life where if you say like you've been writing this book for a long time, I've always been the person in my life where all my friends come to me for advice. Mm -hmm. So something happens in their life and they're like, I don't know how to navigate this. Natasha, what would you do? I've always been that person. But because I got tired of answering the same questions Mm -hmm. over and over and over again, I was like, (laughs) I'm just going to go write it down. And then, you know, if person A, B, and C needs the answer, they could just go read about it. Right. And so I wrote, I just started writing. And that was around August or September. I just started writing. And every night I'd write another chapter. And it just sort of came to be. It wasn't intentional. I didn't intend to write a book. But six weeks later, I did. I love that. That is so interesting. Amazing story. And I hope that somebody right now is reading being like, God, I've been thinking about writing this. And it seems so daunting. And I'm just saying, just go open your computer and write a chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The concept of writing a book is so freaking scary. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. That like it can just scare you away from it. And you're like, I can't write a book. Of course you can't write a book. But like if you go write a chapter, if you go yep. and write 500 words, if you go and write an email to yourself, I used to do that when I was mm-hmm. writing this book, I would email myself at like one o'clock in the morning. And then that turns into a chapter. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be as daunting as writing a book. If you break it down into smaller things of like, I'm going to write for 20 minutes every day. You have 20 yep. minutes. Everybody mm-hmm. has 20 minutes. Go yeah. 20 minutes a day and just see what happens. It doesn't have to be anything. A year from now, it can just be something for you. But at least mm-hmm. you did it. Baby steps. That's really all it takes. Mm-hmm. And speaking of writing, so is writing one of the things that you realized that you loved as an adult? Or has that always been there for you? It's always been there, but I didn't realize how cathartic it had been until Mm. I was an adult. So Mm. when I was a kid, I would write things in a way that like was an expression of what I was feeling or thinking at the time. But I didn't realize that it could be a form of therapy until I was an adult. Mm. And, And finding that became an outlet because I am such an overthinker. I'm the person that thinks through every horrible scenario of every (laughs) situation, thinks of every worst case scenario, everything that could go wrong, Mm -hmm. and and then what I'm going to do, how I'm going to be the hero in every scenario. (laughs) Rescue everybody. I'm going to be the best person ever. Everyone's going to cheer and clap. (laughs) But I'm the person that thinks through those things and writing them out, let me get those worries out. Yeah, it's just that's such of anxiety. Way to put that. Yeah, if you're, it, if you're the person that has fake fights in the shower, which I am, if you're the person that has fake fights in the shower, which of course you win, obviously. Like, yeah, obviously, yeah. I am so good at shower fights, mm-hmm. and then you get out of them, and then you have the real fight, and I don't win all of those. But <laughs> no. The shower fights, I'm so good at. Mm-hmm. If you're the person that has the shower fights, the car fights, the early morning while you're still laying in bed fights, mm-hmm. right. Because mm-hmm. that will get you out of your head and it frees up space for the real thoughts to come in. Because those are the superficial thoughts. Yeah. Those are the mm-hmm. ones that are on the surface. What's below that is the actual anxiety layer, the actual, the things that are, are impacting your mental health. So when you write, you get the surface layer out of the way. It's on paper. It's done. You can close that chapter. 
and then your brain gets to process the real shit. That is no, so true. No lie, and Brian, you know this. Um, I got my first diary when I was eight years old. Yeah. And then I stopped writing, or I guess I kind of fell off a little bit in college. So I have a ton <laughs> of diaries with mm-hmm. all of that, those superficial feelings you were talking mm-hmm. about that I was feeling. Um, just so much written down. And I will tell you, it is amazing to go back and read. <laughs> Oh, yeah things I that i was writing about i mean it's oh my gosh it's it's like a time capsule yeah. so i completely can relate to that <laughs> i just started <laughs> journaling myself for those same reasons because i just like you said i just run through stuff in my head all the time and mm-hmm. i'm like okay i got i have to get this out somewhere and it let it frees up space. Yeah, and I'm tired because of it lets to your showers be for your showers. Yeah. like you get to actually think of. It's like the you know, what? You I'll get these thoughts out before I get in the shower. Let me just write real quick, get this out, and then I can Five enjoy my day. music. Yeah, and I also like gratitude journals because sometimes I get really bogged down in the negative. Sometimes the mm. negative aspects of my life just start circulating in this yeah. like auto loop of my brain. Mm-hmm, where I can only mm-hmm. focus and I just keep replaying the fights that I wish I was having yes. over and over again. Yes. And so instead, I would rather write five things I'm grateful for at the end of the day. And there are gratitude journal apps that are mm-hmm. wonderful for that. And just align each. And what I really liked about them is I started doing, I can't repeat the same thing. Mm-hmm. So like at the beginning, of course, it's like, I love my family and I love my house mm-hmm. and I love my dog and like all mm-hmm. that stuff. And then after a week, if you can't repeat it, that stuff is gone. Yeah. So then you start saying, like, I really appreciate that I got to my avocados before they got rotten. Yeah. <laughs> the little things. Yeah. I appreciate that I made it to work 10 minutes faster than I normally do because traffic mm-hmm. was good today. Or mm-hmm. I appreciate that there was no line at CVS. Like, there are things that you start to appreciate and then you autopilot that. Because you know you're going to have to write in your journal for five things every night. So you start going about your day being like, oh, that's a really good thing for my journal tonight. Mm. Like you're experiencing your day in real time. So while you're in line at CVS and you're like, oh, there's nobody in line. I'm the first person. This is an awesome thing I'm going to write in the journal. Yeah. (laughs) It's almost like reframing your mind. Yeah. It's involuntary, but you start noticing it throughout the day. And you're like, oh, this is fantastic. I can't wait to write this in my journal. (laughs) And you're you're experiencing gratitude without Mm -hmm. noticing that you're experiencing gratitude. And it just changes your mentality because all that negative shit just fades away. I'm going to do that for sure. Because when you're, when you're looking for the things, because you know, you need five at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. when you're looking for them throughout the day, you stop, your brain rewires, you stop looking for the bad and you start Mm -hmm. seeking the good because you need it. It's, it's a human desire to crave the things you need. And so when you're craving five good things, you're seeking them so strongly. Hmm. I like that. I really like that. Yeah. I'm big on the law of attraction too. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that plays right into that. And Mm -hmm. really, I could definitely benefit from having some sort of gratitude journal. I didn't know they had apps for that. So They do. And it's so easy because if it's just five things, it's like, that's not really that hard. And some people even do three because mm-hmm. five mm-hmm. can be too much and it's fine to do three. There's nothing wrong with that. And if you're just looking for the littlest things like, oh, I went on a walk and I saw a really pretty plant today. I'm grateful I saw that plant. Like it, it got that. you on a walk. Yeah. I actually really you went like on that. a walk and you noticed a plant you probably wouldn't have registered otherwise. Like it's just something 
to propel you into a better mindset. It's not something, it's not homework. Right. You don't have to treat it like an assignment. Mm -hmm. And after a few weeks, you will at the beginning, of course, everybody does. But after a few weeks, you stop and you just start noticing that there are other ways to look at life. I love that. I'm you are a that. wise, wise woman, yeah, Natasha. Truly, <laughs> truly. Like, okay. All right. So let's get into the nitty gritty. Ooh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm excited get, for these. I'm let's excited. get granular, you guys. Let's do this shit. <laughs> yeah. So in the book, you talk about the side hustles and the benefits of, you know, starting a side hustle. Um, but, you know, for most people, and I know for myself before I my whole side hustle became my whole thing. So, and in, you know, in defense of side hustles, y'all, I'm just playing the devil's advocate at this point because a side hustle can really, it can do it for you. So mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. side hustle grew into a whole business and a half. So you can do Yes, it. for sure. But um, most people talk about how, you know, they don't have any time to do the side hustle. Like they, they have the passion and they Who really want to do it, but they don't have time to put into mm-hmm. it. So what would you yeah. suggest, like some time management tips or something like for people that are interested in starting it, but don't really think they have the time or energy to do it? So there's a lot to go into that. The first mm-hmm. would be I moved to Los Angeles to be an actress, right? Because doesn't everybody? Yeah. Like, I think <laughs> yes. that's so funny when people are like, oh, I moved somewhere for a job. And I'm like, that is the opposite of Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I moved without a job. With no job <laughs> and, and looking yeah. to keep it that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just moved to be famous. That's cool, right? Yeah, right. So I moved to Los Angeles to be an actress. And then acting, as everybody realizes, within the first two or three months, has to be a side hustle. Mm -hmm. There is no way to make it not a side hustle Mm -hmm. because it won't bring in money for like a decade. So I treated that as my outlet. It was my cathartic outlet to feel it was almost therapeutic. And if you can find something in your life that's a passion project, like you guys said about the book, Mm -hmm. or something that brings you joy, you find the time. Because time is spent on things you want. Mm -hmm. So when you have a family, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to have a family and work. But you make it work because work is important to you because of Mm -hmm. money. Family Mm -hmm. is important to you because of love, support, all of those good things. If you find something that feeds your passion, you'll find the time. Everybody does. There's always time and it doesn't have to be a lot. A side hustle could be an hour a day, half an hour a day. I also break down in that chapter the difference between active and passive side hustles. Yes, I thought that so was so good. Active pa- active side hustles mm-hmm. can be dog walking, babysitting, the things that you're physically doing during this time frame. Mm-hmm. Right. And those are equally valid, like DoorDash, Postmates, all those yeah. things. Those are equally valid because they are a side hustle. There's something you do on the side. And if it's something you're passionate about, go for it. Right. The passive side hustles are something you put a lot of time in up front. Mm-hmm. Nobody's looking for a deadline for that. Mm-hmm. So it can be your art project, your art project that you're going to sell online your cross-stitching pattern that somebody's going to download from Etsy, the house you bought that you're going to rent out as a rental property, the car you bought that's older that you are going to rent as a, a rental or Airbnb type situation. The whatever stuff that may, you wrote. The stuff that you wrote, they're going to sell as <laughs> yes, book, whatever book. Yep. Whatever it may be. It's something that is a 
a either tangible or non-tangible asset that you're able to put out into the world that reaps benefits later. Mm-hmm. Right. And I give probably a dozen examples of mm-hmm. that, but it can be a lot of things. There are websites like Printify where you have a design that you put on a t-shirt and then you put that mm-hmm. t-shirt on a yes. website. Mm-hmm. And if somebody finds that t-shirt, they buy it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you sell a couple of t-shirts a month, awesome. Now you have t-shirts mm-hmm. that you're, you're running a t-shirt side hustle or Etsy, for example, sells so mm-hmm. many things. And a lot of them are downloadable. If you have something that you're really good at, your boss is like, oh my God, you're so good at making these spreadsheets and you've made a template for a spreadsheet that other companies can use. Yes. Put that on Etsy or something similar Mm -hmm. as a downloadable asset. And if it's Mm -hmm. $2 each, I think Etsy takes like 20 cents. Mm -hmm. You could be making like over $1.50 every time someone downloads it. Mm -hmm. And that is a side hustle. The definition of a side hustle is it's not something that's going to pay your rent, mm-hmm. but it might be something that pays your car insurance. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> let it I like be, that. <laughs> let it be something that is passionate, that you enjoy. It's not going to be your livelihood, but it has to be something you like. Yes. If you don't like delivering food to somebody on DoorDash, that's not your side I'm hustle. The mm-hmm. side hustle should be something that fuels your passion and keeps you inspired and motivated. Mm-hmm. And even if it's two or three hours a week, you're doing it. You're still working it because there's somebody else out there that isn't doing two or three hours yes. a week. And you're, mm-hmm. just, you're a little bit ahead of them. It's yep. like it's a race, right? If you're trying to get to the finish line, which may not exist, and that's fine. A lot of things don't exist with a finish line. But if you're racing alongside somebody and you're doing two or three hours a week and they're doing one hour a week, you're a little bit ahead of them. Mm-hmm. So just devote the time. Don't worry about the people that are ahead of you. Worry about not doing anything. Every week that goes by that you don't do anything is a week that somebody else did. Mm-hmm. True. And I love that point that you mentioned about if it's something you're passionate about, you'll make time because I had this conversation with my fiance about a blog or podcast or something he was trying to start. And he was just like, it's just, you know, it's not one of those things that I just sit down and do. Like, I just, it's just not something I want to do right now. And I was like, well, then you're not passionate about it. Then don't do it. Yeah. yeah, That's not what you want to do then. Mm -hmm. Like, because the last thing you want Mm -hmm. is a burden. Yes. Right. Nobody takes on a passion project being like, oh, I can't wait to have more obligation and responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. Relatable. But, I mean, yeah, it's it's a side hustle is a hustle for a reason. Yeah. Like you said, it's, yeah. it's worry about doing something yeah. that week. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, and you don't have to explain it to anybody Mm -hmm. you don't have to rationalize it my boyfriend for example is very into bonsai trees i don't get it i don't understand (laughs) at all but he has like half probably i would say like 50 bonsai trees in our backyard wow i i couldn't understand the the work that goes into it he can't understand the book he's like why would you sit and write (laughs) i'm like because that makes me feel good. And I'm like, why would you sit outside in the 100 degree weather with trees? And he's like, because that makes me feel good. Yep. Okay, great. Yep. 
it doesn't have to be something that makes sense to anybody else and it Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be something that you have to rationalize but like the other day we were talking about having a yard sale and the conversation boiled down to do either of us want to waste six hours sitting in the driveway talking to strangers haggling over a cup and we both decided (laughs) no we don't (laughs) but we didn't have a yard sale Mm. but that's the thing is if it's worth if that six hours is worth it to somebody go do it Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's worth it to nobody. It's not worth it then. Yeah, yeah, it's not worth it. it. Yeah, that is you have to figure helpful. out your time does have a value to it. Yes, if right. It's a financial value. You don't have to put a, a stamp on it that says my time is ten dollars an hour. But if your time can be better spent in some other way, you're not going to be on your deathbed thinking about the yard sale you didn't have. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> and I. I also love that little exchange you said that you and your boyfriend had because every time I'm working on my blog or my YouTube channel, my fiance will walk in and be like, why are you working? And I'm like, it's not work. It's what I love to do. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. I'm, I'm having enjoying. fun. Yeah, I'm having fun. He's like, oh, it looks like work to me. I'm like, okay, And then the well. next time he's sitting watching a basketball game for three hours, you get to be like, oh, why are you watching a basketball game? Exactly. <laughs> okay, now you get it. No, I do that all the understand. time. It's like I'm writing and he's like, why are you writing? It's a Saturday afternoon. And then I'll yeah. watch the Lakers game. And I'm like, why are you working? And he's like, I'm not working. And I'm like, this looks like work to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, awesome. So going back to your book. So at the end of each chapter, you have some activities, kind of like some brain teaser questions. Um, and so what are you really hoping your readers will get from these prompts? We love these, by the way. Mm-hmm, so really at the end of about half of the chapters is something called a give it a fucking shot. And <laughs> it is a checklist because that's how my brain works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I read a self-help book and I put it down, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so amazing and enlightened. And I've grown and I didn't do anything. I just read a book. Mm-hmm. Right. I have not implemented that in any way into my life. But I'm also so insanely ADD that if somebody gives me something uh, like too big, I won't ever do it. Mm-hmm. So if you hand me a task that feels too heavy, there's no way I'll ever implement that into my life. Mm-hmm. So some of these chapters, like a 401k or negotiating a raise or taxes or having a savings account, like all those things feel a little too big. So I break them into actionable items, like five, six, seven actionable items. And I'm not saying you have to go do them all today. Go do the first one and then put it down. And in a week, come back and do the second one. And there's no shame in that. Because if we're saying I have to do my life, I have to get my life together in a week, you're never going to get your life together. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) And I don't want anybody to feel... Like, well, I read this book and it didn't work because I can't do it for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if your brain's like my brain and it just feels like it's too big, let's break it down and let's do it together. Mm-hmm. So yes. I break it down in something that I feel is m- more tangible, attainable aspects. 
And so that's why half the chapters, and it's okay. not just the career and money section. Mm-hmm. It is the relationship section. It mm-hmm. is the mental health section. Mm-hmm. All of those do have chapters where you break it down because there are things within relationships that you can break down and yes. work on your relationship with. There are things yep. within your own mental health and mental well-being that sometimes it's just too big to tell someone to go to therapy. Yeah. Yep. That can feel too hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So try these half a dozen things first yeah Mm -hmm. try a couple breathing exercises like two or three times this week try this three minute breathing exercise just Mm -hmm. see if it works i'm not saying it will i'm saying you should try it Actually, what you're saying is give it a fucking shot. That's what I'm <laughs> Actually saying. Actually, what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, and that's what I love so much about this book. And, yeah. and that's why I kind of introduced it in the way that I did, because it's it has a self-help component to it. But how many self-help books do you actually know that have the actionable items in right. them? Not many. No, yeah. I mean, how they many kinda... self help books do you have that just illuminate the author's failures in such a <laughs> Right, <laughs> not many. Yeah, <laughs> I read this book from whatever the lowest pedestal is. Like, <laughs> I wrote it from the basement. So yeah, there are definite That's... there are definite aspects where I'm like, you should do this, but most of the book is here's where I fucked up. Don't do this, and right. here's how to not make the same mistake I did or here's how to not do it the hard way if you want to do it the easy way but it's more just like why is life so complicated why did people make it so hard and there's so many things that we should have been taught that we weren't taught Mm -hmm. why did I have to learn algebra or dissect a frog or learn to run every (laughs) year in gym class I know how to run (laughs) why on earth did they teach me to run for like 12 straight years but nobody taught me mental health, meditation, yeah. calming anxiety, or what the fuck depression was. Yeah. Like, why on earth did I have to learn to run so much? I don't get it. <laughs> this is amazing. It's oh my so, goodness. I mean, like, it's, I, didn't we tell We told you, though. We told y'all. This we week. told you this is going to be a good episode, Look. guys. <laughs> It's so true. I love you guys. Like, I feel like we're just like kindred Look. spirits somehow. Because I just think we're we're not going to buy into the bullshit that mm. everything that they fed us mm-hmm. in school was all we needed to know. Yeah. Right. And a lot of it's nobody's fault. I don't blame anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. say it's the teacher's fault. The teachers are being paid marginal amounts of money that is mm-hmm. embarrassing, honestly, if you look at it from a financial standpoint. We're paying these people saying, teach our kids. And they're like, I make $14 an hour. And you're like, <laughs> hey. okay. And then they have to teach to a test that Mm -hmm. doesn't actually mean anything. Right. So they're teaching to this test without really teaching a curriculum that would matter to a a person's future. And then, like, we can talk about upbringing from a a parental standpoint. But if you're really looking – I had the best parents. I had the best upbringing. I grew up in a fantastic school district Mm. in – the 10th richest per capita county in the country and it didn't mean shit mm-hmm. right <laughs> they still mm-hmm. don't teach you the stuff you need to know yeah mm-hmm. they give you tools that matter but mm-hmm. they don't teach it to you yeah right and what they're still teaching you is they're teaching you how to make money and mm-hmm. while the first section of four is, is that mm-hmm. i appreciate that i 
I was taught the financial and career aspects that a lot of people in the world didn't get. Mm -hmm. So I am passing that along. But when you look at the relationship in the mental health section, there's no way they could have taught that to me. Right. There's no way that a, a parent, a teacher, an adult above me would have understood the mind fuck that is Instagram. Right. They <laughs> True. wouldn't right. have gotten the internet, the social media aspects, and the way especially women are compared or have a comparison aspect to their mental health. Mm-hmm. The anxiety that goes into the perfection that's expected of us or mm-hmm. the way that we're supposed to feel like we never are depressed. We're never anxious because everything is perfect and everything's fine. And what are you mm-hmm. talking about? I'm great. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's ingrained in us and it's not through adults Mm -hmm. it's because of the internet and if i could take anything back from my childhood it's that i wouldn't have joined myspace i wouldn't have joined facebook when i was a kid i I would have just let myself figure me out before Mm -hmm. the rest of it Mm -hmm. that's a good point and then you have to think about too i mean the the different mind fucks as you call them that our parents were going through maybe it wasn't the internet back then but mm-hmm. it's not like for example my mom was just completely educated on mental health you know i mean it's a lot that we're right. learning now right because now that <laughs> we're know. adults we're expecting our parents when we're kids were retroactively being like i how do they not teach this to me and now yeah. that i'm an adult i'm like oh they're still figuring their own shit they out as adults right <laughs> Of course they didn't know. Like, when I was a kid, there was always this age I had in my head that was like, that's when I'm going to figure it all out. So, Mm -hmm. like, when I was, like, five or six, I was like, oh, when I become 18, I'm going to be so smart. And I'm going to figure it out. (laughs) When I'm 18, I was like, okay, it's not 18. I'm going to – it's, like, 30. When I'm 30, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be so smart. I'm going to figure it out. (laughs) Now that I'm 31, I'm like, I want to say 100. (laughs) I'll have figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. I think yeah. That, that feels right. That feels right. That feels right. Yeah. Feels it feels right. right. It feels like I really have my shit together. And then yeah. I guarantee you I there's like so. some 98 year old listening to this podcast being like, girl, no. <laughs> nope. Not even that. I promise you, you just never get your shit together. You're just better at, you're more confident. You're better yeah. at faking it. Yes. And oh, yeah. I think my parents, because you put your parents on a pedestal, I think your parents did a better job at faking it than you did as a kid Mm -hmm. and so now that i'm in my 30s i'm realizing they didn't know it they didn't have the answers Mm -hmm. and so when we were kids we were looking to our parents being like you're gonna help me with my like crazy anxiety as a a pubescent teenager right and they're Mm -hmm. like are you kidding me i'm dealing with my own anxiety yeah right like this girl's being a bitch to me at work and like i have to to deal with your dad and like there's so much stuff i've got to deal with (laughs) that's happening in my own life and like financially like how on earth am I gonna deal with your shit and Mm -hmm. we're looking at our parents as if they had the answers and then eventually we realize they're just people yeah everyone's just people Mm -hmm. yeah and if you figure out that they're all just people you forgive them and you know Mm -hmm. that there's there's healing that has to happen in every person as an adult and Mm -hmm. if your healing journey brings you to some forefront of enlightenment that's awesome but if it's really just healing to get you past the anxiety and depression that's amazing and good for you like Mm -hmm. there is no goal there's no finish Mm -hmm. line there's no i'm enlightened and i'm a perfect person Mm -hmm. now 
we're all a work in progress when you're Mm -hmm. not a work in progress you're dead so just keep moving forward yeah it's okay people around you change they're supposed to yeah Mm -hmm. i love that if we're not a work in progress we're dead yeah i mean i love that thing it's so true so true it's a little disheartening when you think about it because you're like oh i just want to be done (laughs) <laughs> right? I just want to be like fully baked and, yeah, and taking all the true. oven and be done. <laughs> like, you mean I'm not just going to be done one day and like be finished? Right? Can't like... I just sit on the couch completely content? Yeah. Honestly, I mean, can. to me though, I feel like that's kind of part of the journey and that's kind of what makes life fun is that mm-hmm. we're, we're just continuing to yeah. improve and learn and develop yeah. and you know, yeah. and then we have all these new stages that add to that. You know, we start having kids and then that's a whole nother journey. Mm-hmm. And, you and know. when you're even beyond that, when you're in a static place, it feels like this is where I'll be forever. I'm mm-hmm. stuck. I'm depressed. I'm whatever it is. I am going. This is how I'm going to feel forever. Even if it's been a week, a month, a year, you're like, this is it. This is my life. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But you're not seeing the journey. Because mm-hmm. once you get to a place where you've begun healing and you've begun progressing in your life and moving forward, you almost get excited about the other side of it. And mm. even if that other side comes and then you realize that there's another side and another side and another side, and you keep working mm. towards it, yeah. it's, it's hopeful. But when you're in a static place, I truly believe that most people that are in a hard time or what they call like rock bottom mm-hmm. are just static. And all it takes is just pushing forward. You just have to sort of, you got to push that boulder. And even if that boulder is really heavy, it feels better to push it than to sit behind it. Because sitting in it is so uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. it feels so gross and and sad and you feel like you'll never see the other side. Mm. But even when you are pushing it, it's hard. That feels better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, because you're moving. You're progressing. Yeah. It's kind of like traffic. Like even when I'm sitting in traffic and I'm just stopped, I hate it. Mm-hmm. That's me. I am taking side streets that are going to take me an extra 10 minutes, but I'm constantly moving. I'd rather mm-hmm. do that. That's yeah. literally me. When I tell you I take scenic routes all the time, even if it's like a few extra minutes, like I don't care. I need to be just moving. Keep moving. If I'm just yeah. to keep moving, literally. that is life. Mm-hmm. That is genuinely life because mm-hmm. traffic is depression. Mm-hmm. And anxiety and taking side streets is progression and healing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. That is. That's I'm a great analogy. I'm going to take so many of these quotes right? and start tweeting them <laughs> For real, and posting them. <laughs> like, okay. We're just making little Instagrams. I'm right. Like, okay. Straight I'll take trash that Instagram. Take right. That if you guys you. post these, make sure to tag us because okay. these are some these are some hitters right here. Yeah. You yeah. got to tag at Chantel us <laughs> while you say she just trash instagram (laughs) (laughs) she just told you how horrible it is for your mental health but this quote is bomb right (laughs) (laughs) that happens a lot actually (laughs) so let's talk a little more about your chapter on relations or your chapters on relationships and and one that stuck out to me was the one about how to fight and the realities mm-hmm. of, of a fight in different relationships. And I thought that was really interesting how you broke it down, like family relationships and romantic mm-hmm. relationships, friend relationships, work relationships, like they're all different. And I mean, you you have to approach a fight with them differently. And I just, what, what really inspired that chapter, I guess? Yeah. 
Oh boy, what inspired that chapter is the fact that we're taught not to fight. Like yeah. every childhood mm-hmm. playground, you push a kid down, you scream at a kid all throughout into high school, college. They're like, don't fight. And then you get into the real world and you have to fight. Constantly. Like mm-hmm. there's, right, you have to fight. Like you are going to be mad at your coworkers, these people that you don't know that you've been thrust upon for 40 hours a week. Like yep. you're going to fight with them. Mm-hmm. Your relationships, this person that you've decided is your person that you're going to live with, you're going to fight with them. Your family, once you realize you're all just people and nobody is on a pedestal, nobody's yeah. perfect, you're going to fight with them. So learn how. Mm-hmm. I think the disservice that we do to kids is we teach them don't push down little Johnny. It's bad to fight. We don't teach them the productive way to fight. So that chapter mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. you're going to fight. There's mm-hmm. no perfect relationship. There's no relationship in your life where you're not going to fight. Here's how. Mm-hmm. Here's the way to fight that's actually going to get you to the other side. Here's mm-hmm. the way to fight. And there's subsequent chapters like what's below that. Right. Where like maybe you keep having the same fight with your partner over and over and over again and you feel like it's just showing up different ways like they leave their socks on the floor all the time you have that fight they leave their dishes in the dishwasher all the time you have that fight they constantly put their car in the middle of the driveway and you can't park there you have that fight and what (laughs) like you're realizing is that all of those fights are there's a layer below it and that Mm -hmm. layer you have to figure out and have that fight what's that fight is it I feel like I care more about this relationship than you do. I feel like I'm putting in more effort. I feel like my needs are not being met. Whatever that fight is, have that fight Mm -hmm. and have it in a productive way where you're not yelling fuck you across the room, but you're actually sitting down (laughs) and talking about why it hurts you, what Mm -hmm. the implications are to you, what of your past is triggered, what in your life feels affected by it, where in your body you feel it. And I give the the classic, you know, when you were a kid, like the who, what, where, when, why. Mm-hmm. Like, who are you actually mad at in fights? Are you really mad at the person you're yelling at? Or are you yeah. mad at the barista who made your coffee wrong? Right. <laughs> like, who are you really mad at? Yeah. Where do you feel it in your body? Mm-hmm. Do you feel mm-hmm. it constantly in your chest, in your stomach, in your arms, in your skin, in your head? Where is it? That will <clears throat> inform the emotional, hormonal components of it. Mm-hmm. Why are you fighting? Are you fighting because you're actually mad at them or are you fighting about something that happened five years ago that you're bringing up? Mm -hmm. Um, What are you actually fighting about? Are you fighting about the dishes in the sink or are you fighting about somebody's not meeting your needs? Mm -hmm. Somebody isn't caring about you the way that you need to be cared for. It's like it can be so many different things. Like the when can be, are you constantly fighting at 11 p.m. because you're tired? Are you constantly fighting with your partner at 7 p.m. because you're hungry? Or at Friday afternoon because you're about to spend a weekend with them and you just need to get some shit out of the way? Like, (laughs) when is it happening? Mm -hmm. And if you do the who, what, where, when, why, which are outlined in the chapter and there Mm -hmm. are genuine questions within those sections, that can inform, you don't have to share it, read it, think it, process it on your own, Mm -hmm. and then come into the fight. Mm -hmm. Like, establish your standpoint. You wouldn't enter an actual war not knowing why you're drawing a gun on the enemy. Right, exactly. Enter the fight with all the tools that you need, knowing exactly why you're in it, and then go into it. Yeah, that's fine. Well, and I, oh, this could be a whole episode by itself. Um, (laughs) 
I think another thing that kind of goes along with what you're saying is that a lot of people are scared to fight or afraid of what can come from a fight. But the anxiety realized, of a relationship, right. the insecurity. Yeah, because you're afraid if you fight with somebody, they'll leave. But the thing is, fights actually kind of propel you into yes. a better position with that person. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a connection with that person because if I'm afraid to fight with somebody because I'm afraid of what's going to happen in that fight, then that relationship is false. Right. The connection isn't real. Where when you have the fight, the connection sort of grows. I'm not saying mm-hmm. fake a fight for a connection. Mm-hmm. If, you're, yes. <laughs> if you're feeling disconnected from somebody, don't fake a fight to have a connection. That's yeah. not going to help you. But if you're feeling disconnected from a person for the simple fact that you can see the path through, if the path mm-hmm. is a fight you need to have and you're like, connection is over on that side of the river. I just need to take this bridge to get there. Have the fight, but have it in a productive way. Yeah. If you have a fight where you're just screaming at each other, no, there's no productivity there. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. nothing going to get resolved. And having a series of unproductive fights or that's going to lead to a breakup that's going to lead to the insecurities of somebody saying well we always fight all the time Mm -hmm. and you're like well no shit we fight all the time like we're not getting anything solved right nothing's ever getting resolved yeah it's going to feel like you fight all the time where if you're fighting getting a resolution then a couple weeks Mm -hmm. later you fight about something else you get a resolution fights start to feel productive and not they're, they're not a burden. They don't feel like a weight anymore. Yeah. Right. Right. I really love that. Yeah. One of my, um, one of my bosses and I'm not going to say exactly who, cause I have a lot of people who listen to this podcast, but, <laughs> um, one of my bosses told me that he didn't feel like our team fought enough. And he said, okay. he, yeah, he literally said that we did not have enough conflict. And I think what he was really trying to say is, this is why we are not growing as a team as we should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, I remember when he told me that, I was like, hmm, that's an interesting way of, of looking I at it. I would interpret that as he's saying, I feel like we're not connected. Mm-hmm. Because if you're saying we don't fight enough, that's saying I do my thing because I don't trust you and I don't like what you do. Right. Yes. This person yes. does their thing because I don't, they don't trust their teammates and they want to do it their own way Mm -hmm. and what it means is we're not connected we don't trust each other siloed we're not working together enough Mm -hmm. and because there isn't conflict the conflict is going to bring together something but by saying Mm -hmm. that i would i would argue and i don't know your boss but i would argue that they're potentially going to breed fights they don't want Mm -hmm. so they're saying your team doesn't fight enough or doesn't have enough conflict. Well, Susie left her coffee mug in the sink every day this week, and now there's a fight. And they're mm. like, "Why are you fighting about Susie's coffee mug?" <laughs> well, you said we don't fight enough. Yeah. So now I'm fighting about Susie Susie's coffee mug left in the sink, and that's not what they want. What they mm-hmm. want. Well, I will tell you, he did only tell me, so it's not like he mentioned it at like a team meeting or anything. I think mm, what you but, want yeah. more is team building and connection. Yeah. Yeah. So really saying is conflict is conflict can breed connection Mm -hmm. in but it's not always good because Mm -hmm. there can be a way that's very high school cattiness of like oh you know how Susie sucks all the time at presentations (laughs) and then everybody else is like oh yeah totally she super sucks and then 
everybody is suddenly connected and working together and mm -hmm. team and bonding and awesome. And Susie's left on the side and then suddenly Susie quits and we have to replace her and we have to, you know, incur the costs that come with hiring yes. a new employee and searching mm -hmm. for somebody and all of that. That was not the intention. But by saying that there was conflict, there is a potential that is what's yeah. going to happen. So well, I think that's where the leadership is supposed to step in. Good leadership anyway, yeah. is to kind of manage that good conflict versus bad conflict. Right. You know? And if you're looking for connection, there are ways to do it. So mm -hmm. you can say something like, we have this project. I would love it if so-and-so saw this aspect of it. So-and-so saw this aspect of it. On Tuesday, we had a meeting on how to integrate those aspects. Mm. would love it if you guys would work together on this part of it. I see them working perfectly and equal together like there are ways to do it where nobody feels like slighted mm -hmm. in any way but there are also ways to do it that it can get real crunchy and resentful mm -hmm. yes right and mm -hmm. and that's a fine line for management mm -hmm. to, agreed to i always when i have projects like that i always ask the comfort level of the person so, like, if I have a big project that I want somebody to take on, I'll be like, hey, I, I'm wondering how comfortable you would be taking this on. Mm -hmm. uh, how is your current workload? I don't know what's going on personally for you. How comfortably do you feel you can handle this? And something about the word comfortable really helps people be like, I'd be comfortable with that or I'd be uncomfortable with that or I think I've taken too much on or and I'll word it to them very directly and be like, I would love it if you take this on, but it's going to go the whole month of July. And if you have anything coming up in July, just let me know and we can we can mitigate that. Maybe you share it with somebody else or mm -hmm. or find a way where where I'm not throwing something at somebody that they mm -hmm. don't want. Right. And the, the comfortability gives them the ability to say no. Yeah. We're right. not saying how would you stake your job on taking this on? Mm -hmm. right would you like to be fired or not fired for mm -hmm. this right yeah. <laughs> exactly. there's no question of that i'm just yeah. saying uh how comfortable would you be mm -hmm. if i were to give you this like would you feel comfortable taking this on or or given your current workload would you feel comfortable with this or mm -hmm. uh i would really love it if you and Susie teamed up on this how comfortable would you be with that um and then that's as a manager that's going to illuminate the holes you need to fix. Yes. Because if mm -hmm. I ask you, how comfortable are you taking this project on? And you go, mm, okay. That tells me you're not super comfortable, even though you said okay. Or how comfortable would you be taking this on with Susie? Mm, I don't know. Okay. Like, all right, there's some tension there with Susie. Yeah. It's not mm -hmm. the project. It's you. You two. We've got to figure that out. Like, mm -hmm. There's something about that word that really helps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. And I also like that point you brought up before where you said um, to really look into, um, you know, your fights and see what that underlayer is that yeah. you're really fighting about. Um, because me, actually me and my fiance, we had a recent moment where we were fighting over groceries, <laughs> of all mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, we were fighting over the money we were spending on groceries. Literally fought. Ah, uh, the there we go. Financials. Gotcha. Yeah, literally in the parking lot, like, fussing at each other. And so, actually, it was me who stepped up. I just want to make that known. Um, It was me who stepped up after. <laughs> and I, you know, we, we kind of took a breather. We were on our way home. And I said, okay, 
obviously we love each other. We care about each other. We're on the same side. What are we really fighting about? Because I know you're not mad at me for getting groceries and I'm not mad at you for not getting groceries. So what, like, what's, what's happening here? And he's like, no, I'm really mad about the five boxes of cheese. (laughs) Well, after we kind of, you know, once I brought that up and we talked talked it out, we realized he was just feeling anxious because he felt like we were spending too much money at the store and he wouldn't have enough money in his pockets while he's out at work. Yeah. I felt like, okay, well, I'm at home right now. Yeah. And I'm tired of not having food in the house when Mm -hmm. I can't even leave the house because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So once we kind of you know, talk those out. It was like, ah, okay. Did you use the what's below that section? <laughs> I didn't. This was like last year. Okay. Um, I yes. would, I'm not, there's no part of me that wants to like stir up an old fight in your relationship. There's no, <laughs> I do not no. want to do that. I'm you just actually need to go there. back to him and tell him that he's a piece of shit and he's wrong. I just want and, you to uh... go back and just open up this wound. Um, <laughs> but I would say there's something in that fight that I think goes below that. And you can say he would like to have more money in his pockets. You would like to be uh, not starving at more home. comfortable <laughs> at home, mm-hmm. not starving at home. You would like your house to feel more comfortable for you or, or whatever that is. I think that there might be something below that and maybe I'm wrong. But if fights come up in a similar vein where, you know, next time you want to go on vacation and he doesn't and he's like well i feel like we're spending too much money on frivolous things and you're like well i think we deserve a break that seems like a very similar fight and and if i were to dig below that it might be something of a layer of i feel this way you feel this way i feel like i need x and you feel like you want x or Mm -hmm, whatever it may be so it might be a matter of digging into that Mm -hmm. that section to figure out the emotional component of it because logically you nailed it logically Mm -hmm. you got it you're like he wants money i want to feel stable at home that's the logical aspect what's the Mm -hmm. emotional component Mm -hmm. of it Mm -hmm. yeah and if you dug into the emotional component you might prevent future fights because you already are similar right yeah right where next time you know when the vacation thing comes up you're like oh well he doesn't want to go on vacation because the emotional thing we talked about and right you might be able to stop a future fight that way but right i could also be entirely wrong (laughs) yeah i will say we have a lot you guys uh no for us i i think that was definitely just kind of like one of those hard times we were going through and a lot going on and the pandemic wasn't helping and it was really just... there was a lot going on 20 last year really what no way. Yeah, no nothing it's at like all. there was heightened emotions or something during a pandemic. no not at all not at all <laughs> uh, but um But I I do think it was cool just for us to kind of take that step back and really talk about that because that was kind of the first time we had ever done that for Mm. a fight. And I just can't imagine. That's why I love this chapter so much in your book because I just can't imagine how many more productive (laughs) fights and conversations that everyone could be having out here if that's how we treated them, you know? Yeah, I mean, I just did a podcast recently where the girl had a fight with her husband and she went and she got the book in the middle of the fight and like, <laughs> she opened up that chapter and she's Love like hold it. on hold on we're just gonna we need we to work this out you know? yeah and because all the chapters are two or three pages she was yeah. like 
mid-fight, we're just going to stop and we're just going to read this chapter together and then we're going to fight, continue. Um, <laughs> and I think that works for some people because you mm-hmm. don't always know why you're fighting. I have yeah. been in plenty of fights where like, I know they say don't go to bed angry, but there are times where I go, I'm mad at you and I don't exactly know why. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm going to pause and I'm going to come it. back to you in the morning yeah. with why I'm really mad. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I know I'm mad and I can articulate the exact reason at this moment that I'm mad, but I don't yeah. really know the, the emotional reason. I don't know the, the gut reason. I know the throat reason, but I don't know the gut reason. Mm-hmm. Right. And so let me let me sleep on it, and then I'll, I'll dream about it, and I'll wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning with some sort of clarity. Yeah. <laughs> I'll come back to you at, like, 9 a.m. with whatever I've come up with. Yeah. Right. And it True. doesn't need to be a grand thing. It just needs to be – I don't want to have the, fo- the fight – from this layer i want to mm-hmm. have the fight one layer down and i don't i don't know the layer yet mm-hmm. so let's pause and come back I, i'm that's exactly like strategy. that that's me for sure my husband is the opposite though that's where we differ <laughs> so I he's all I'm like, like i gotta husband. get it out right now yeah I gotta let it go i gotta get it all out and tell you how i feel and i'm like okay can you just <laughs> let me sit with that because i don't I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, you, but you can also say, "Can I sit with that? Yeah. And can we talk about it mm-hmm. tomorrow night at dinner?" Mm-hmm. And then that gives him the time to think. That gives yeah. you the time to think. And yeah. there's no obligation to be like, "We're gonna scream at each other yeah. for the next 24 yeah. hours." Like, right, right. And it makes such a difference because, like, when we first started, he I, I, he was like, "No, I need to talk about this now. Like, we can't stop." And I'm like, "Dude." You're going to learn <laughs> that at a right. certain point, I'm going to shut down and I'm going to just get mad, you know? Well, and then, the, you yeah. can also say something like, like, yes, we can talk about this now, yeah. but I'm not fully able to process what yeah. this is to me. And I don't want this fight to come out in a future fight. Yes. So if you also don't want this fight to come out in a future fight, can we pick it up tomorrow night at dinner? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. You just gotta- Because I find... More often than not, guys don't want you to fight about old shit later mm-hmm. on. So <laughs> if I'm able to be like, hey, can we talk about this tomorrow so that it doesn't come out later when I'm mad at you yeah. in a month? Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Because if I have mm-hmm. an argument too fast, all I'm doing for the next week and a half is shower arguing it out, you know, yes. trying to figure yeah. out where I went wrong, what exactly. I need to say instead. Like, <laughs> And I'm doing so good in those shower fights. Like, come yeah. on, man, you losing all of yeah, them you're losing. <laughs> so in my head i'm like more and more upset like oh my god i can't believe he was that wrong he didn't even exactly the so then I'm you not. have like i yeah. have to say it out loud because in my yeah. head i'm winning yeah. all the fights and you're losing dude yeah so um, can we fight it out in real life so yeah, that i can yeah. stop having shower fights <laughs> and also yeah. if we're under the presumption we're never gonna fight again and he's like i don't want to hold on to this for you to bring out in the next fight yeah. and he's like well we're never gonna fight again anyways that's not happening so yeah, honey, yeah. <laughs> let's just let's just work through it so we can maybe have less fights yeah yeah there's no there's no scenario where this goes perfect forever <laughs> we're not that, in a disney movie no. right and that who what when where why that you said is that's very important when it comes to fights because Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not that deep like you mentioned the when do you fight type of thing like there have been fights that were just purely because i was tired or hungry like purely 
And once I figured that out, I was like, oh, okay, I was tripping. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to go back, like, tail between your legs, be like, sorry. I, now that I've eaten, I feel so much better. Right. Exactly. But, like, as women, we tend to have a hard time doing that. Yeah. So, right. It, like, just stands in how right we are. Yeah. So, right. Okay, well. I can never tell him this. Yeah. Right. So instead I mean, of, I was wrong, of having but... to feel that, yeah. what if you just stopped yourself and you were like, when am I always fighting? Oh, it's like 6.30 every Thursday. Yeah. Maybe I should eat <laughs> yeah. and then tell him how I feel. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's not always as deep as you think it is, but sometimes after you eat, you're like, oh, no, this is real. Okay. Yeah. It's go yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, for real. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <sighs> Fighting is, I mean, I literally, I could talk about this all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so earlier in our discussion today, you had talked about how, you know, you came from a good home, had a good childhood, and yet you were still in the dark regarding, you know, a lot of stuff that adults should, quote, know, you know. Yeah, um, like 98 of them, give or take. Right, like 98 <laughs> of them. Um, so can you elaborate a bit more on just like, your you know your upbringing and like how it's kind of shaped you as an adult and just kind of the things that you've learned so far sure I don't think we ever stop learning because I think like I said the moment you stop learning like what's the point in Mm -hmm. life anymore but I did have a good upbringing and I had great teachers and I had great parents and like I said I don't blame anybody for the gaps in my knowledge because everybody has a gap in knowledge but I Mm -hmm. A little bit of the things I was taught were wrong. Yeah. I was taught subliminally. I don't think anybody ever said it to me, but I think I was taught subliminally, you should know all the things. Yeah. You're a millennial. You have the internet. You should just know stuff mm-hmm. and stop asking questions and stop pretending like you don't know and just go out in life and just know everything. <laughs> and that's why we have a lot of really, we're labeled as the entitled generation. We didn't make ourselves entitled. We just were given the internet and then everybody was like, why are you asking me? Don't you have Google? And so we <laughs> pretend like we know everything yeah, because right. it's expected of us. Yeah. And then when we pretend to know everything, they're like, oh, such an entitled generation. And it's like, come on, man. Like, can't we win a little no, right. bit? Give us a break. Right. Exactly. Or they're like, why are they yeah. always changing jobs? Or why can't they buy a house? And I just look at the generation. And I'm like, because of you. Because <laughs> of you. Yeah. You did it. Thanks a lot. You did it. You got a job and stayed in it for 40 years. We get a job and change every five years because hello, Silicon Valley and startups. And then like we're supposed to buy a house in an economy that's a complete bubble that was Mm. not made by us. Yeah. Also, not us. Um, (laughs) Like we we were given a shit hand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're given a recession that gave us salaries, starting salaries that were in the basement when he should have started in the lobby. Mm-hmm. We have been climbing a ladder that is very difficult to climb without changing jobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right, because an economy is constantly roller coastering. Mm-hmm. And then we are given a pandemic. And it feels like we're constantly hit in the gut. And then other people are looking at us like, why can't you stand up straight? Mm-hmm. And you're just like, because of you because because everybody's made it a little bit difficult to 
to grow. And again, it's not anybody's fault. It's just a redefinition. So if you were to say to the generation above, this is how you should live, and you were to give them the millennial definition of living, they couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And if you Mm -hmm. give the Gen Zs the definition of millennial living, they can't do it. Like Mm -hmm. every generation is going to redefine what living is, and it Mm -hmm. may not make sense to anybody that hasn't gone through it because it's our experience. It's right us. You are telling people above us investing is on an app now. And they're like, what? And you're like, mm-hmm. no, Robin Hood, like I can invest $5 if I want to. Yeah. And then you tell the generation below us investing is on an app and they're like, yeah, it's TikTok. And I'm like, yeah. no, that's not. That's not <laughs> <investing>. <laughs> so you have to. You have to recognize that every generation is going to do their own thing and they're going to do it a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is just how we're doing it. We've yeah. evolved based on the circumstances that were given to us. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Like me and my mom, we have this conversation all the time. You know, she'll, she won't say it exactly like this, but she'll, you know, make claims that, you know, I was 18, moved out, got my house, had kids, da da da. And I'm just like, yeah, that's, it's not working like that today. <laughs> Um, the inflation rate is like four times more than it should be. Um, Mm -hmm. so houses are way more expensive and I'm not just talking about just the actual finances of it all, but just the adjustment for inflation, it's Mm -hmm. way more expensive. It's not matching our salary. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, And I think if you went back and you were like, okay, so you're 18 and in today's economy, this is how much that house would have cost, but this is how much your salary would have been. And, oh, by the way, here's what healthcare would have been and car insurance would be. And here's uh, the school district that you would be in. So you probably want to send your kids to private school. And also, like, these are all the internet implications that they're going to have to deal with, which, Mm -hmm. you know, internet, Mm -hmm. cable, and Hulu, and Netflix, Mm -hmm. and Roku, and all that stuff. And then also, uh, in case you were wondering, like, here's all the stuff that they're going to have to go through in terms of, like, mental health and dealing with... uh, like Instagram and social media, that's all the stuff you're gonna have to deal with. And like, if you were to pile all of that on, I feel like she would probably have a different. Yeah, thing. yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. Yeah. I mean, life, like you said, is just very different now. Yeah, and it's it's stuff that was emerging, but then rapidly took off. Yes. So there's no expectation for anybody to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not saying, well, why is our textbook not right? And like. There's no way to keep up with it. No. It's just that impossible. Is that is true. I mean, we are just changing so fast. Yeah. I mean, because by the time they write a new textbook, everything's going to be wrong. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So there's no way to keep up. No. And I, agree. I mean, you can go like I was traveling around uh, Central California this weekend. And I was looking at buildings and they have these plaques out front that say things like, built in 1915 built in 1918 and i'm like oh that's so cool it's so old and i was born in 1989 and there's gonna in not that far of a distant future there are gonna be kids wandering around being like whoa mm. this building was what, built in 1989 that's so cool <laughs> so old. they didn't even have wi-fi then and like <laughs> that's what's gonna happen yeah. and to expect things to stay the same mm-hmm. is a falsehood on that same note i felt like a complete old lady the other day when we went to go buy liquor 
I was like, he looked at my ID and then he gave it right back to me. And I was like, how did you check? How do you know my he's age like, so I did, quickly? I, have to do the math. Like, 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 courtesy. <laughs> yeah, because it started with 19. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. I was like, <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. No. Because we're in 2021. No. They just look for the two now. No. 2021. People born no. in 2000 or 21 now. I can't. No. I can't even deal. Yeah, no. he just needed it to start with a one. No, and that like was this. enough. Oh, my like this now. goodness. That mm. just. Oh God. Yeah, I'm not ready for this. y'all. By the nope. way, just whoever is listening, the most flattering thing that happened to me like two years ago, I got carded at an R-rated movie at the age of 28, 29. Nice. <laughs> if there's anybody here who works in yep. a movie theater. Please card everyone. It is yeah. the most flattering, best part of their day. <laughs> oh my God. Just card yep. people at yeah. R-rated movies. It makes them feel really special. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're you... clearly 14, then, you know, just let them go. Yeah, they're fine. Don't yeah exactly. <laughs> if to... they're 15, it's fine. If yeah. they're 40, card them. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> right? I used to um, mentor at a nearby, like a local middle school. Mm-hmm. And after I got done with my mentoring session, I was walking through the hallway on my phone, you know, texting a friend or checking my email or something. And a teacher stopped me and told me to put my phone up and that I needed to get to class. And I was like, oh, thank you. Yeah, that is the nicest <laughs> thing anyone's ever said so to me. Sweet. That is the nicest thing. She's probably so like. No, oh go to class. What are you? Yeah, she was like, "What weirdo?" Okay. <laughs> I mean, um... that happened to me. It was really flattering. I was going through an airport, and it was like, I'm five feet tall, so I'm really short. <laughs> yeah. And I was wearing flats, no makeup. It was like seven o'clock in the morning. I had my hair in a ponytail, and there was a high school class that was going on like a field trip in front of me in the TSA mm. line. And the TSA agent was like, "Excuse me, miss, please join your group." And I was like. Thank you so much. You're so sweet. You guys I was like, no I've idea. never met these people before, but you thought I was high school. Thank you so much. I have no idea how this makes our day. Uh, yeah, I was like, that was so innocent for you. And it's probably a little embarrassing once I like turn around and you look at me. But yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Oh my God. Yeah, I hope we're giving yeah. people ideas on how to flatter others. I, yeah. <laughs> At every point in your day, you should be trying to flatter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Live your life to flatter others. That's guys. just some That's more shit adults ever taught us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. That was a great conversation. I know. I'm We're so kind happy of... that I'm so happy about this. Wait, are you out of questions? It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. This was we, fun. Uh, this yeah. was super fun. Yeah. Like. I am so glad that we yeah. had you on. I mean, this was just like a phenomenal conversation. Yeah. I'm just that... no, my face hurts from smiling and yeah. laughing so much. Blown yeah. away. <laughs> this is so, so good. It just feels like another Zoom happy hour. Like we're just chatting. Right. With yep. Hanging about, just hanging out. This. Our one yep. thousandth of the year. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So tell us. Where can people purchase this amazing book? Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Apple Books, Google Play Books, probably eBay by now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can also find it on the website shitadultsnevertaughtus.com. Mm-hmm. You can Instagram at shitadultsnevertaughtus. Yeah. Also, you can email me 
shitadultsnevertaughtus at gmail.com. I love okay. hearing from readers. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody's reading a chapter and they're like, okay, I've got questions. Yeah. Feel free to email me. I'll talk a little bit more. You can't fit everything into a book, but yeah. I've got more knowledge. Like email me. We'll talk about it. That's, That's really so cool. fun. I love that. And mm-hmm. yes, I love that you're just pretty much in every major place. Yeah. You can buy a book online. All the book spots. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. You're there. So I will say I went ahead and purchased my paperback copy today. You did? <laughs> I did. I know that you sent us an advanced copy, but I was like, nope, we got to support. Yeah. So oh, thank I you guys. <laughs> That's so sweet. Of course, of course. That Amazon not... Prime, I mean, that gets you there in like two um, days. Yes, love it. And I will say, you guys, everyone who's listening, like her book is not expensive at all. No. Very easy to get. Cost me, with shipping everything, cost me 18 bucks. Oh, That's nice. less yeah. than I would pay at like Whataburger. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want it to cost a lot because yeah. nobody should have to pay. Like there's no... I'm not doing it for money. I just want everybody to be okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that shows through your book too, that you really are just trying to help people, you know? Yeah. And yeah, you guys have to realize too, this book is like over 300 pages, guys. Mm. (laughs) It only cost me 18 bucks with shipping. But again, you don't have to read all 300 pages. Not everything is going to pertain to you today. Just Mm -hmm. read the stuff that matters today. Right. Put it on a shelf. Come back to it in six months when your life's a little different. Yeah. I just, I love it. I'm I'm so glad that I was able to get my hands on one and can't wait to hold the physical copy. That always just feels so good. A new book. Doesn't it? Oh, I love love the feeling of a real book. Yes. And the smell gets me every time. Me too. New book smell. My husband keeps trying to convince me to go to audiobooks. I'm like, nah. No. Nah. I could beat the real thing. People keep asking me if I want to do an audiobook. And I'm like, I mean, one day, but also it's partially a memoir. And like, yeah. Really want to read all the failures of my life. (laughs) Out loud. loud. (laughs) Right. I wrote it down. Isn't that enough for you guys? Right. <laughs> you want more from me. <laughs> so tell us where people can actually follow you, Natasha. Yeah. At Shit Adults Never Taught Us or Nats at Travels on Instagram. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I have awesome. a TikTok, but I'm not very good at it. Because, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm 31. <laughs> right. I was about to say. Are any of the millennials that like, good at like. it? No, I still don't get it. I really don't understand what it is. Someone help me. Oh, I, I'm like, look, I'll, they'll put all the good ones on Instagram and on Pinterest, okay? I'll just look at those. That's that's just where I'll be. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Chilling over there, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, we want to thank you so much, Natasha, for coming out, speaking with us. I mean, this is just... Again, a great start to a great conversation. There's more to be talked about, more to be read in her wonderful book, Shit Adults Never Taught Us. Um, And yeah, again, thank you so much, Natasha. Thank you, guys. It was awesome chatting. This is so fun. This is definitely super fun. So (laughs) as always, guys, we've come to the close of this episode. So you know where to find us at Dear Me Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, our personal handles are in the bios as well. So mm-hmm. I am pretty much youngfully employed on everything except Twitter. I'm youngfully E. Yeah. And then Brianna Warner Music on Instagram. 
uh, I always forget. <laughs> you have a lot of different ones. I think it's like... Beat or Brian W Music on Twitter. Like she said, they're in the bio. They're so in just the go bio. to Dear Me Podcast. <laughs> like that's where that's the best place to go because I truly can't remember. But B W Bakes is the one on Instagram that I do for like you know food and stuff. So yeah, if you want to so. see my food pics, go check them out. Yeah, <laughs> and that's all we got for you guys. So we will definitely see you. What in two weeks? In, we'll talk two to them in two weeks. weeks. Yes, two talk to weeks. you guys. Because this is two weeks later, and not one one week, week later. later. Right, right, before. right. That's what we told them. <laughs> right, exactly. <Yes>. So <laughs> awesome. Okay, we did all it. Right. We did it. Yes. Thank you again, <laughs> Natasha. This was so fun. Thank you. Any last words? Nah, we're good. I I love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all, we out. Out. Talk to you later. Peace.